Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Rabbi Abby Sosland, and today we are studying Daf Chaf Aleph in Masachet Beitza, page 21. On our Daf today, we move past the question of basic sacrifices on Yom Tov to ask what happens if only half of the animal is yours and the other half belongs to an idolater. Are you permitted to slaughter that on Yom Tov? Of course, if the sacrifice will end up being completely yours, if it would be completely eaten by a Jew, it would be permitted to slaughter it because it would be considered ochel nefesh. It would be food for a Jew. But what if it's not entirely meant to be eaten by a Jew? Its slaughter would benefit both the Jew and the non-Jew. Are you then permitted to slaughter it on Yom Tov? Rav Avya the elder asked Rav Huna this question. An animal that is half shell nochri, half belonging to a non-Jew and half belonging to a Jew, is it permitted to slaughter it on Yom Tov? Evidently, this is a simple enough question for Rav Huna. Amarle mutar. In one word, he answered, permitted. But Rav Avya wants more. He challenges the, the answer that Rav Huna has given. We, we can imagine him asking Rav Huna, but why? What is the difference between this case and the Nidarim and the Nidavot from yesterday's stuff? Rav Avya assumes that Nidarim and Nidavot, the voluntary sacrifices we read about yesterday, cannot be sacrificed on Yom Tov, and he wants to understand what is the difference. Remember, yesterday we never came to a clear decision about the halacha there, but the Gemara on this page assumes that Nidarim and Nidavot can be sacrificed on Yom Tov, and Rav Avya wants to know the difference. It seems to Rav Avya that Nidarim and Nidavot are similar to an animal owned partly by a Jew and partly by a non-Jew. Like the half-owned animal, donated sacrifices are only half eaten by the donor. The other half belongs to the altar, or as the Gemara puts it, the Shulchan Gavoa, the higher table, the table on high. Just like a half-owned animal, a donated sacrifice does not belong entirely to the person who is donating it. Well, this question must be a little bit harder for Rav Huna because not only does he not answer it, he avoids it entirely. Instead of answering the question posed by Rav Avya Sabab, Rav Huna says the strangest thing. Orba parach, a raven is flying by. Basically, Rav Huna's answer is, look over there. <laughs> this little distraction works evidently on Rav Avya. Saba, he leaves the scene. 
surprisingly, because this is the kind of thing that we only see little kids do, but it works to get rid of Ravavia in the moment. But Rava, the son of Ravhuna, sees this scene and he asks his father, wait a second, Lav Hainu Rav Avya Sava? Wasn't that just Rav Avya the elder? Demishtabachle Mar Begave? Isn't that the guy that you have praised? Rav Huna responds to his son, Umavidle, what could I have done with him or for him? And even more strangely, Rav Huna continues, quoting a verse from Shir Hashirim. Samchuni ba'ashishot rabduni bitapuchim. Sustain me with cakes and spread apples over me. <laughs> this is Rav Huna's answer to his son for why he pretended there was a raven flying by with Rav Avya Saba's question. He goes on to say, He asked me something that required a reason. <laughs> what a strange response. Basically, Rav Huna is saying, He needed me to think. I needed to explain something to him. So evidently, this Shir HaShirim quote and the explanation, he needed me to explain something to him, is enough. But it's not so clear to us. According to Rashi, Rav Huna was teaching on Yom Tov, and he hadn't had a chance to eat, so he couldn't provide a good response. When he brings the quote from Shir HaShirim about cakes and apples, he's saying, all I can think about is food right now. I don't have it in me to give a reason. Okay, many of us might not be able to think straight when we haven't eaten in a while. But Rav Huna, the head of the great Babylonian yeshiva of Surah, one of the great rabbis of all of the Gemara, he's managing to quote scripture. What exactly is going on? I'm grateful to Rabbi Baruch Friedman Cole from Beth Tzedek Congregation in Toronto for pointing to another case in the Talmud where Rav Huna does the exact same thing with a different case, not answering Rav Avya by pointing to a raven, and then, when his son asks about it, quoting Shira Shirim again. This is in Chulin, page 124. As Rav Fridman Kohl explains, the early commentators, the Ge'onim of the 8th and 9th centuries, understand the expression of a raven flying by as a common phrase for, your question is a non sequitur. Rabbeinu Hananel of North Africa suggests that this is a derogatory comment, the type of question which children who play with birds ask. So is this actually an insult? Well, as Rabbi Friedman Cole explains, I think wisely, it seems as though it must be based on the question that Rav Huna's son asks him. Wait a second, did you just insult the great Rav Avia Saba? But how could Rav Huna, the great leader, of the Babylonian Jewry insult an elder in front of his son. This question bothered the later commentators as well. The Me'iri, the 13th century legal decisor, tries to justify Rav Huna's comment. As he writes, we see from this that a person should never overburden a Talmid Chacham who is fatigued, sick, or weak due to his day's exertion in yeshiva or from giving a lecture. And if one does thrust himself on an exhausted scholar and he replies like a simpleton to show that he does not wish to discuss the question, the asker should not complain. 
even if the questioner is a great person. According to Meir, the Meiri, Rav Avya Saba brought this on himself by not recognizing that it was difficult for Rav Huna to answer. Or, as Rav Shlomo Zalman Auerbach explains a little bit more clearly, Rav Huna embarrasses Rav Avya Saba since he should have seen that Rav Huna was worn out and unable to answer sharp questions. His lack of sensitivity made him deserve this. But the Pardes Yosef, brought by the Chicago Center for Torah and Chesed, explains this situation differently. As he writes, although Rav Huna used an unusual expression, he did not mean to embarrass Rav Avya Saba. When he said, the raven is flying, he was referring to the raven that Noah sent to see if the flood had subsided. In this manner, he hinted why he was unable to reply to Rav Avya's question. He was just saying, like the raven did not come back to Noah with a response, I also cannot reply now. All of these commentators are trying to understand why such a great man as Rav Huna would respond the way that he did. I love this very short passage on our daf, just a couple of lines, and I love the many commentaries that accompany it. It is certainly hard to believe that Rav Huna was purposely trying to embarrass the elder Rav Avya. But perhaps the Gemara, in its usual way, is simply trying to teach us real life. The Amoraim, even the greatest of their generation, were regular people with very human needs and occasionally, maybe, even short tempers. And after this short lesson in humanity, the Gemara moves right along. Vitamamai. Well, what is the reason, actually, for Rav Huna's permitting an animal that is only half owned by a Jew to be slaughtered on Yom Tov, while Nidarim and Nidavot cannot be, at least according to this reading of the Gemara? The Gemara wants to know the answer to the question that was brought up. Sacrifices are different, the Gemara explains, because even the Kohanim who get to eat from the sacrifice are actually not the owners of the sacrifice. They are taking it, Mishulchan Gavoa. They are taking their food from the higher altar. As Rashi says, Ke'eved Hanotel Pras Mi Beit Rabo, like a servant who receives a small portion from the house of his master. When it comes to Nidarim and Nidavot, those who eat from the meat don't even own half. God owns the whole thing. No wonder Rav Huna had a hard time focusing. All this talk of meat and food could make anyone hungry. In the midst of our discussion about sacrifices and the halacha of Yom Tov, the Gemara always keeps front and center the very human side of our greatest teachers. Until tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.